When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 234. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking about infusing your personality in all that you do online. If you're an entrepreneur, then you're also a marketer. You are always marketing your business. And when you write social media posts, copy for emails, when you put together your webinar, when you record a podcast or write a blog post, you always want your personality to shine through. But that's easier said than done. If you're not really sure what makes you different or quirky or unique, then it's really hard to put those special aspects into all that you do online. And when you think you should show up a certain way or talk a certain way or be a certain way on video, you easily lose that special uniqueness about yourself because you're trying to be something else or someone else. We've all done it. As entrepreneurs, especially just starting out, we tend to water ourselves down. And I know I am incredibly guilty of this, probably up until about two years ago when I started to take a look at what makes me unique and why people gravitate toward me and really what makes me feel more like myself. And I started to put that into my copy and social and podcast more and more. And the response has been amazing. So I know it works and I know that it comes more natural to other people than it does to me. So if you're anything like me and being yourself and vulnerable and authentic and real online isn't the easiest thing you've ever done, then this episode is for you, my friend. We are talking about finding out what makes you unique and infusing your personality in all that you do. My guest today is Laura Belgray. She's in the business of helping you infuse your personality in all that you do. Laura is a professional writer. She has written for NBC, ABC, Oxygen, Nickelodeon, VH1, and so much more. Bravo being one of my favorite. We're going to talk about that. 
And also, I know Laura from way back when, when I was just starting out, we were in Marie Forleo's Rich, Happy, and Hot Mastermind together, which was tons of fun. And also, Laura co-wrote Copy Cure with Marie Forleo. I talked about Copy Cure a few episodes back. So, Laura and I have known each other forever. She is a master copywriter, and she has a lot to share on today's episode, so let's get to it. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast, Amy. I can't wait till you share your brilliance on how to create a personality-based business that will have people falling in love with us and lining up to buy everything we put out there. But before we get there, tell my listeners a little bit about you because you do some pretty cool things. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I would say that my business has a split personality, speaking yeah. personality, because um, I still do a whole bunch of stuff for TV, which is what I was doing for years and years before I got into this weird online world. So I get called a bunch to do promos for Bravo shows for shows on WeTV and other places. I cut my teeth in at Nick at Night and TV Land and now just do a lot of stuff for Bravo and a, a, you know, reality shows and that kind of thing. Okay. So when you say you do promos, what does that mean? Like, give me an example. Okay. So I'll give you an example of my favorite one that I've ever done. Okay. Because <laughs> it's my favorite. All right. So we both watch Real Housewives, right? Yes. And I love it whenever they say, are you free to do a Real Housewives promo? The answer is always yes. It means that <laughs> it, it usually means that I get a sneak peek at the season and then I get to write something about it. So I did one once for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that was a shoot. And um, so what you had was like Lisa Vanderpump uh, stepping out of a limo into a puddle and the puddle freezes and you have like Kyle like walking past a pool and everyone's in the pool and the pool freezes into ice and then someone's at you know at a bar having a drink and their martini freezes and then the line says sometimes sunny Beverly Hills can be a cold, cold place. Oh, so good. Thank so you. that's what you do. You make up those promos for some reality shows and for other shows as well. That's mm -hmm. pretty dang cool. Thank you. But that's like not to, all you do. Yeah, that's not all I do. I like to keep doing it because it's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I love TV. <laughs> but I also, another cool thing that I do is work with entrepreneurs and online businesses and small businesses, people like you, who want uh, a brand with personality. So I help them with the copy. I'm a copywriter by trade. I teach people copywriting and I coach them with their copywriting and I help them rewrite and write their copy. So all the words that they use in their business, the words on their website, uh, the words in their emails, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Okay. So that's how Laura and I have worked together. She's helped me with copy, especially for the podcast. Um, there's a tagline with my podcast um, about online marketing so easy you feel like you're cheating. That came from Laura, for the record. And we've done some other cool things together. We were in Marie Forleo's Rich, Happy, and Hot Mastermind together. We got ourselves <laughs> into a lot of trouble because we would laugh and laugh and laugh. So that was your fault for the record. Um, but we always had so much fun. Okay. So that's how Laura and I go way back. 
Yes. yes. Good stuff. Guilt, okay. Guilt, guilt accepted, by yes. the way. I will take, I will put on the cuffs. Oh, I, your fault. <laughs> so, Definitely. Okay. So I would love for you to tell us what the real benefits of putting personality into your business are. And what I think might be super helpful to my listeners, if you could give us some examples of real life entrepreneurs that were not necessarily putting their personality into everything that they were doing and how that shift really helped. Yeah, of course. I mean, as far as the benefits go, I think your listeners probably intuitively know that it is good to be you in your business, that like, especially if they are the face of their brand, if it's a personality-based brand, like rather than find a personality for your brand, you just make your personality the brand. The brand is your personality. And that's the one thing that you have a monopoly on, right? So many people can sell the same thing that you do. But when people want it from you, you have the ultimate edge. When they want it from you because they know you, that is the benefit of of putting your personality into your business. It lets people get to know, like, and trust you. And I like to add the last thing is stock. So it gives you that know, like, trust, and stock factor that you really want if you're going to be a star in in your world. So, well, one example, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but one <laughs> example has got to be you, Amy, because if you like a if you want a before and after, because like when you were starting out, did you put personality into oh my your business? Gosh. I've made such a huge transformation and you've been a big part of that. You and a few of my really close friends who know me and know me behind the scenes are always saying more stories, more vulnerable, show the back end of your business because it's very different than what you're putting out there. For so long, I was way more polished and kind of trying to be everybody but myself. So you were very right about that. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> um, I'll take it. No, I, I agree because you have such a great personality and people did not know anything about it. You were like hiding behind someone else's brand and posting like, you know, five new tools you need to be using in social media. And that was it. And yes. um, there was nothing of you. And like, now we know that you, that you airdrop pictures <laughs> to strangers on airplanes, <laughs> uh, which is like one of my favorite things. I saw it in your Instagram so story fun. the other day. So good. So you're my favorite before and after. Another is my friend Susie. She is um, just such a great example of a personable brand. Uh, she is a she's a coach. She teaches people to have a side hustle, and she also has a course in guest blogging. When she started off as a coach, it was her side hustle. She was in the corporate world. She was like making a really good salary, and she was in a very corporate kind of environment. And that was the personality that she picked up on, like that you have to be corporate and businesslike. Mm-hmm. And her copy was super stiff and she was a newbie. She was a total newcomer in the coaching world and thought that, you, you know, to be taken seriously, you had to sound businesslike. So she would just rip off entire passages from like the international coaching website <laughs> And put them on her own website or put them in her emails um, because that was the only thing she, she didn't know what else to say. She was like, well, this is how, you know, this is how you talk about coaching. Yes. And there was nothing of her in it at all. So people who met her in person would hire her because she's irresistible. She's so much fun. You just want to be friends with her instantly. And they would say, I want to work with you. Not a problem. But people who went to her website, you know, that's a very one-on-one basis. Like you can't really um, go out and meet everyone in the world 
It's a numbers game. So your online presence has to do a lot of work for you. So nobody was signing up from her website. They would go to her website and be like, oh, I don't know who this person is. And people who met her in person would be like, oh, you don't sound like this at all on your website. So no one was signing up from her website or from her Instagram posts or anything like that. Over time, like she learned, oh, wait a minute, I can be myself in this business. I can actually be me. And she fills all her posts with stories. She writes emails. Every email that she sends has some sort of personal story. Um, She now talks like a person in all her communication. It is all original content. She doesn't rip it off from anybody. And it all feels like her. And she, people now sign up for her courses. They sign up for her coaching packages, which are $8,000 minimum and $15,000 wow. average. And they sign up for them all the time, sight unseen. They go to her website or find her through Instagram, or find her from a guest post and find her website and sign up and just write to her and say, I signed up because I've got to work with you. I think that we would be best friends in real life. Okay. So that's what you want. And I feel like for this perfect example of Susie transitioning from pretty much ripping off coaching content from the (laughs) established website to making it her own. And now people read her copy and say, I want to be with this girl. I want to be her best friend. I want to work with her. I want to pay $15,000 to work with her. That's a huge transformation. And I'm guessing that it takes some mindset blocks, like you have to actually move some mindset blocks in order to transition from the stuffy, possibly too corporate, too polished copy that you are writing right now into something more gritty, more real, more you. So can you talk to me about some mindset blocks that as you've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients, you know what's keeping them from really expressing their unique personality? Yeah. I mean, I see the same ones over and over. And I've actually surveyed people on my list to see where they have problems putting personality into their business. And it's just the same ones over and over again. So the biggest one, I think, and this was Susie's for sure, is that is a fear of looking unprofessional. So Susie was thinking, like, I'm afraid that if I'm fun and personable and truly me, I'm going to look unprofessional and won't be taken seriously. That was drilled in her both as a corporate person, like, you know, you have to speak in polished professional language, otherwise you will not be taken seriously. And it was also a fear that came from being a newbie and having zero credentials. She just decided she was going to be a life coach and she was like, and she was young. So she was like, in order to be taken seriously, I must now use professional language and I must now sound very formal and businesslike. Yes. Um, and, and so that's true of a lot of people, especially the ones who come from a corporate or an academic background or from a legal background. I fear from lawyers, there are so many reformed lawyers out there, (laughs) (laughs) refugees, escapees from the legal world who just cannot get past like what's been drilled into them, that you must have everything buttoned up and speak in complete sentences and punctuate everything right and spell out words completely and never use contractions. But the thing is, you got to ask yourself, when is the last time you really wanted to hire or buy from anyone because they were stiff and formal? Right. Exactly. 
Never. Right? Never. And I think that that style used to be what was known as professional, even in the advertising world. But now, you look, any brand that people admire speaks in a very conversational, informal tone. So I would say that conversational is the new professional. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Give me so another that's one. that's really important. Okay. Another one, uh, fear of turning people off. This is a big so, one. This, this is, a big, is one. a big one. People say like, you know, they think I, I'm afraid that I'll turn people off and I'm going to alienate certain people who disagree with me or who don't like my tastes or that or who are offended by my language or my lifestyle or my cheeseburger. You know, there I've seen people who are like, well, I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm eating cheeseburgers or pizza <laughs> Vegans are going to hate me, and I don't want to alienate them, even though vegans aren't really my target audience. I still, like, maybe some of them will pay me, and I don't want to alienate the ones who might buy from me. It's like, you you have to give that up. There is absolutely no person or brand or artist that is for everyone. Yes. None. So true. We have to remember that. Yeah. I mean, I would challenge anyone who's disagreeing in their mind to come to think of one brand that is for everyone i've asked people this like when i've given talks and you know someone will raise their hand and they'll say water and i'll be like okay but what brand of water and they're like fiji water i'm like are you kidding me there you know you're gonna rile up all the people out there who are like i you know i'm against bottled water and fiji yes. water is a scam and it's the same as poland springs and you know they're ripping you off um, it's just, there's nothing that's for everyone. Yes. So true. Yeah. I love that yeah. one. So trying to appeal to everyone is just a surefire way of blending into the woodwork and being for no one. So you've got to drop that. So that was two. The third one is thinking that personality is defined by or embodied by one particular personality. For instance, you see someone you admire and you think, oh, that person's so fun and sassy. Like, I'm not, I'm not sassy, but I guess that's how, what, how you have to be to have personality. And so then you start opening all your copy with like, hey, doll face or hey, gorgeous, even though you've never said that in your entire life or dropping F-bombs when you don't normally in real life because you think, well, that's personality. Because you see somebody who has a great personality and you think they're the definition of personality. So you have to copy that. So another one is um, a lot of people just think, well, I don't have personality. I'm boring. And I would challenge that. I mean, unless like, do people find you boring in real life? And if you say yes, then then I'm not sure what to tell you. But most people, <laughs> most people are like, no, actually in real life, people really like me. Like I have personality, but I just... But I think like as a brand or as a business, I don't like, I don't know what my personality is. And so I would say to that, like sharing what you're interested in, what makes you happy, what makes you mad, what you want in your life, um, your journey to achieving what you want in your life, like frustrations and all, all those things of what you stand for, who you love, all those things make you unboring. They are what give you personality. Yes. Nobody, so everybody, everybody has personality there. Yeah. So you are boring. That is a total limiting belief. That is not true. There are people out there that identify with you, resonate with you. They're exactly like you. You need to find them if that's who you're trying to attract someone just like you, but you are not boring that let's just make sure everyone hears that. That's just not so. So you got to remember that. I love you have one. Nobody cares what I had for lunch. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like that's one thing that people are like, I don't get it. Like my personality, you want me to share stuff. Who cares what I'm eating? Like, talk to me about that one. Yeah, that is a big one. And like, it's true, probably on its own. Nobody cares what you had for lunch. No one cares about the sandwich necessarily, unless you're in the food or the nutrition business, or you have a famously hot body and everyone wants to know what you ate, or you're, you know, you're Gwyneth Paltrow. Everyone wants to know what you ate, or you had an amazing sandwich at an incredible restaurant. Um, But if you have a point of view or a story about what you had for lunch that goes with it, then they care. Like I said about the awesome restaurant, like if you post a sandwich, who cares? But if you post a sandwich and say, just ate at my like favorite new restaurant, or this is a sandwich I had on my perfect weekend day, or I was having a lousy day until I ate the sandwich, like anything to give it context and to tell us something about what it means to you, then people care. Yes, that I love that you put it in perspective when they care, when it's just the sandwich, no, but there's more to it than that. So I love that you put it out there. Okay, give me some more. There's a few more that I know. Remember guys, we're talking about, and I want her to really drill down on these that she surveyed her audience. She knows what those mindset blocks are and you have one or a few of these, which is why your personality isn't shining through everything you do on social, your copy, your about page. So pay close attention and see if you see yourselves in any of these mindset blocks. Okay, give me a few more. Yeah, okay, so another one is, I'm afraid I'm not delivering value. This is a fear that people have when they share things that aren't uh, teachable necessarily. And I used to have this problem too, because you know, I you knew this about me. I just wanted to get like, I feel like I, all I want to do in my life is write emails. I just want to write funny stories and send them as emails. And I would get really confused because I was like, but that doesn't have value because it wasn't teaching like five tips, five tips to make your copy more efficient or something like that. So people, we, we I would say in this world, this online business world, especially, we get what I call value goggles and think that everything, everything we share has to be five tips for this or 10 mistakes you're making in that when really you are providing value if you make me laugh, if you make me feel like I'm not alone, if you get me a little bit riled up, or if you make me see something differently, if you connect with me in some way, that is value. If you make me feel something, that is value. If you make me smile, that is value. So not everything has to be a teachable. And when you do insist that everything you do has some sort of a lesson or a point, you can always segue to it. Use your stories to segue into a point, even if it is a ridiculously clumsy, awkward segue. It can be like, what does this have to do with online marketing? Well, nothing, but I wanted to tell this story. And now if you want to learn three tips to blah, blah, blah go, you know, grab my freebie here. I have to tell you, I still struggle. So anyone listening that this just doesn't come natural, I do not think it comes naturally to me to just infuse my personality in everything I do. And my excuse I usually say is that I'm always business-minded. I'm always thinking of business and impact and my next step and what I'm going to teach and how that's going to add value and then how I'm going to sell. Like my mind operates in that business place. So when I take a picture of my lunch or share something behind the scenes, I feel indulgent. Like this is a little much. However, if you allow yourself to do it, 
you'll slowly see that the feedback is more, you get more feedback about the personal stuff than you do anything else. And I've talked about this a bunch that when I did my weight loss episode or not even weight loss, I did an episode why I don't like video. It was because of my weight. That gets more discussion inside of my DMs on Instagram than any other episode I've ever done about business on my podcast. Also, when I let people into my world with Hobie and Scout and all of that. But I will say that my point being is it never feels totally natural to me. I'm not one who can just flip on the camera or snap a few personal photos and think that that just blends in well with everything else I'm doing. I do it no matter what, just because I know it works. So let yourself feel a little awkward in the beginning. That's okay. Yeah. And it is so effective when you do it, especially you, Amy, like it makes us want to learn from you even more. And it makes what you're teaching stick even more because we are connected to you. We're thinking, oh, I know this about Amy. I know that about Amy. She's like me. Yes. So now I'm really listening because she's not just some robot or she's not some faultless superstar. She's somebody who struggles with this and with that and who loves that, you know, who has her dog and has her husband, struggles with her weight. She's like me. I'm really listening now because I I am open to what she's teaching. Okay, that's important. That's the point I wanted to make. Thank you for hitting that home. I'm listening closer now. I'm paying attention. I'm more connected because I get this girl or this guy's just like me or this guy understands me. So, okay, cool. All right, take us home. Give me one more of one of these mindset blocks that keep us from really putting our personality in all we do with our brand. Yeah, this is one that is common to anyone who is a bit of a private person. I don't have this issue, but most people do, which is the fear, I'm afraid I'm going to reveal too much of myself. Yes. The fear of being too exposed. Yes. And so to that, I would say, first of all, you don't have to reveal everything in order to put yourself out there and be yourself. You don't have to real, you do not have to expose everything. There's nothing wrong with maintaining some privacy. You do not have to share your real-time meltdowns. And I would say you probably shouldn't. Um, We can get into that. You don't have to share your sex life or your digestive issues. You don't have to share a single picture of your kids if you don't want to share those. Some people are like, I don't, you know, I want to talk about my kids, but I don't want people to kidnap them. Or, you know, someday they're going to be mad that I shared pictures of them. So you don't, you don't have to at all. You can keep that totally private and still be you. I would say that, you know, on the other hand, there's a lot to be gained by talking about things that make you human, things that embarrass you, things that hold you back, things that you feel reluctant to share. For me, it's the more, the better. You don't have to share everything, but I would say the more, the better. Okay. So let's talk about this really briefly. Mm Yeah. I I agree. I think we should be sharing this stuff. And Brene Brown has this really cool phrase that she uses, gold-plated grit. Is oh, I don't it know is? it. I don't oh, know. Now it. I might have gotten it wrong. But if I got it wrong, you guys who know I got it wrong, you know what I'm trying to say. Those who have <laughs> no idea would just think I got it right, so it's all good. But let you me explain right. what it means in terms of some people don't like to share a side of themselves until they've reach the mountain or got past the obstacle or have really great results. So now they can talk about the gritty part because it's gold plated because now I'm, I'm past it and all is good. 
And so I agree with Brene Brown in the sense that we need to share along the journey when things aren't going so well, even if we don't have a solution. And that's why I did the episode about my struggle with my weight and getting on video. I hadn't started losing weight yet. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I wanted to be open and honest because I knew there were other people that needed to hear it. And I knew this is another one about your own personality, putting it out there. I had to say it. It had to come out of my mouth to liberate myself, to to break free of the shame and embarrassment around it. Once you say it, something happens. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I feel a little bit freer with this, a little less shame. So my point being, I like that part. Do you like the idea of sharing even if you don't always have a solution? I do. I, I think that that was so powerful. I think that if it is what you do, for example, say you're like an abundance coach and you're like, um, right now I'm having a really hard time. I'm bankrupt okay. and I yes. spent too much money um, yes. and I'm really embarrassed and I don't know what to do. Then you're kind of eroding your credibility. I don't think that that is a good time to yes. share what's going on with you. But if you share some other struggle and you know, say you are an abundance co- or like a money coach, but you share a struggle like weight or food or something else, or like I'm having trouble in my relationship where I'm, I'm in the middle of a divorce, something like that. Say, this is a really tough thing for me to admit because I like to present a picture of perfection, but we are not always perfect. But we, you know, I ask myself, like, what would I say to somebody that I'm coaching? I would probably give them this advice. So that is what I'm going to try to do. Yes. Okay. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I agree with Laura that if it's going to really erode your credibility or if you're helping people do X, Y, Z, but you're struggling with the very thing you're helping them with, one, I think you need to get real with yourself. And two, that's not stuff that you're going to put out there because people are going to say, wait a second, I don't think this is the girl I want to follow if she can't get it together on her end. So do a little inner work on yourself before you share that kind of stuff. That's where that gold-plated grit kind of stops with me because I think you need to look at what you're teaching, what you're putting out there. And is it going to support or is it going to make people think, ooh, I don't know if she's the right person for me. However, the last thing I'll say, and I could totally get on a soapbox about this. So I'll say one more thing and I'll be done is that I thought if I share my weakness of I've got this weight problem and it keeps me from wanting to do video, if I share that, maybe my audience will think she's weak. She's not a good leader. She's got this problem. She can't overcome her weight issues that's a whole, that's a, you've got to get honest with yourself. Is that your insecurities? Is that that scary place in your head talking or is it real? So you also, that's why all of this is so difficult sometimes sharing your personality. You've got to get real with yourself. Like me not sharing about my weight was just my insecurities. But if I shared with you about how I can't make money online, well, mm. I better stop teaching how to make money online. So mm-hmm. get real with yourself and don't let the fear keep you from sharing your vulnerability abilities. Yeah, exactly. And on the flip side of that, you don't want to be constantly faking the funk. Like if you, (laughs) (laughs) if, if you do teach how to make money online, but you're not making a dime, please don't rent a private jet and stand in front of it. And please don't (laughs) rent out the Ritz and show that you rented out the Ritz because you're doing so well. And then a year from now, say like, I have to admit something. A year ago, I was bankrupt and I couldn't make a dime online, but I figured out this system. Like people do that all the time and it drives me bananas. And we know 
we we know we can smell the BS. Yeah. So I'd say don't fake it either. Like if you're in a position where you can't share the complete truth at the moment about something, maybe you don't, you know, don't fake it either. Don't create a picture of perfection. Find a way around it and share other things. Yes. Okay. I love that so very much. Okay. So I want to transition and talk to you about this idea that sometimes we follow our mentors and we start to sound like them. So Oprah once said that she felt that she needed to sound just like Barbara Walters to be taken seriously. Other people that follow Marie Forleo, I've seen a lot of people start talking like her and sounding like her in their copy. And I think it's an innocent thing that we admire somebody else. We follow them so much. We hear them in our ear so much that we think that's what I need to do. Now, we obviously know we don't need to sound like Barbara Walters or Marie Forleo or anyone else for that matter. But can you give us some tips around this? Like, what do we do instead? Yeah. Well, it's a couple of things about that that are funny. One is that, of course, now, like Oprah was thinking she had to sound like Barbara Walters, and now everybody thinks they have to sound like Oprah. Right. Uh, Right. And um, another is that it is true that we hear someone so much in, you know, they're in our ears, we're reading their stuff that I think it's like when you, you know, when you go to England for a while and you come back with a slight English accent, Um, like Madonna. Madonna. Yes. (laughs) We just pick up that accent. So you have to be conscious of when you're picking up someone's accent. So the answer to what to do instead is, of course, to be you with your voice, like the expression, be conscious of the expressions you use and versus the the expression someone else does or the tone of voice. Because if you use somebody else's, you're just going to sound silly. But the thing is, it's not, your personality isn't just how you talk. It's the whole picture, right? So, So for instance, like how do we know Oprah's personality. Oprah's personality is not just the way she yells like, John Travolta, right? That's one part of it. (laughs) But but her personality is also, what we know of her is it's in her story. It's her struggles with her weight and with fried chicken, like ordering fried chicken the second she gets to a hotel. I think I've read that somewhere. It's her best friend, Gail. It's her Maybe, I'm, I can't remember if this is current, her boyfriend, Stedman. Yes, that's current. <laughs> it's her, like, it's it's whether Stedman is really her boyfriend. <laughs> um, it's, you know, her love of books and her movement of living your best life. All those things are what make up Oprah's personality. It's not just the way she talks. And I say, like, likewise, you look at Marie. Marie is somebody that people like to imitate a lot, but it's her personality is not just how she talks. It's the whole combo, the whole poo-poo platter of things that make her Marie. So if you follow Marie, you know that she loves hip hop and her dog Kuma. And you know the stories that she tells about working on Wall Street. And then and then she worked in magazines and she didn't want to be her boss. And so she quit. You know that whole story. And you know that she cares about women making their own money and that she's got a dangerous Jersey side that can come out sometimes. It's like, it's that whole collection of things that make up her personality. And you don't want to rip off that. The point here is that you have that too. Yes. That's the thing. We all have a collection of things that make up who we are. You've got to identify what those are. Yes. Okay. Which leads us so perfectly into my next question. Let's help 
our listeners, if they're struggling with this, find their personality. Sometimes for some people, it's just not as easy as for others. And so I like to help the people that are struggling. So if you have no idea what your personality is, or if you want to hone in on it and really get your collection of things that make you, you, help me do that. I know you have three different ways to do so. Yeah. Okay. So my first one, which is my favorite, I think you're supposed to end with your favorite, but I'm starting with it, is <laughs> the is the coat, what I call the coat of arms. Do you know what a coat of arms yeah, is? But just help me just to make sure I'm on the same page as you. Okay. So this is like from olden times. It's an oldie timey thing when like knights in with castles and knights, knights had and castles had like a, on their shield, had a collection of symbols that represented what that kingdom stood for. Or another word for it, another term for it is a crest, like a family crest. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I wish if we had video right now, I would show, you know, schools have a crest. I would show my school crest for my high school because it was... It was an all-girls school, and it had that was very serious about learning. And its crest had an oil lamp. I think that was for like working into the night. And it had a stack of books, obviously for for reading and learning. And it had then also a stack of beavers, <laughs> which was the mascot of my all-girls school. Oh, I'm no not comment. touching that. Moving <laughs> don't on. T- don't touch that. Um, so your coat of arms or crest, it's a collection of things that not just that you stand for, but that you love that are a part of you. So, you know, it doesn't have to be four things, but I would start there. Like, what are your recurring themes? What makes other people think of you? For instance, what would someone post on your timeline saying, this made me think of you? So for instance, mine might be Real Housewives, because I'm always talking about Real Housewives. Me too. Uh, A bowl of spaghetti, my husband, Statue of Liberty for New York City, because I'm all about New York City, my um, house dance class, and maybe like a maybe an, a glass to someone's ear because I love eavesdropping on people. And that's kind of a, a running theme. <laughs> okay, all. I love it. This <laughs> This reminds me of I had a group and I'm looking right now. So give me a quick second because I have it. Oh, here it is. The Shop Forward. Okay, I wanted to give them a shout out. We'll put it in the show notes. But the Shop Forward makes these bags where you put four of like your favorite things on these like beach bags. And they they asked me, what are your four? And then they made it for me. It's on my Instagram channel. And I said, Scout, Real Housewives, Hubby, and Kombucha. Like those are things that I am just known for. And Hobie, my husband's like, how did I make it down the list? And Scout was first, like my dog's first, my husband's third. I didn't mean to put him in that order for the record, but that's exactly like the shop forward does this beach bag. That's just like what you're saying. Like, what would you put on your bag if you were going to put four things that say, and I had to really put some thought into that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And I, I- I approve that you put like basically Dorinda Medley above your husband. She's from Real Housewives of New York. I approve. Um, oh, I think gosh. mine might be in the same order. I was surprised. I saw this. I loved it. That's exactly the coat of arms. Like, what do you put on your tote bag? Tote bag. I was surprised, That's like the I was I was surprised by kombucha. I was like, yeah. wow, you've yeah, gone it's healthy. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to discuss that. I think kombucha, kombucha reminds me of when I was bartending and I would have to come in 
in the morning and change out the citrus, like the lemon and lime slices. And they all, they had this, they had all turned always (laughs) overnight and fermented. And I took one whiff of kombucha. I'm like, oh, this is the saddest part of bartending. (laughs) Oh God. Well, you'll (laughs) never love it then. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I won't. But so, so I love the tote bag. The Yes. Coat of arms. arms. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are your recurring themes. These become like it sort of like an in joke that your audience is waiting for because you will mention them again and again. You don't have to shoehorn them into everything, but you right. they come up. They come up. You have to, those are part of what makes you you. Yes. Okay. Give me another way to find your personality. So um, online personality tests oh, okay. um, can take like people in our world, entrepreneurs love these, the Myers-Briggs, the Fascinate test, the Enneagram test, if you, if, or even your horoscope, just go, if you just go on Google and uh, Google a uh, free personality test, you'll come up with so many. I don't care if, if, you know, even if it's like, what kind of pizza are you or what kind of pizza <laughs> topping are you on, you know, like Domino's quiz. Take those and that they're not necessarily an indicator of your personality. You might not agree, but they are a great conversation starter for yourself. Like figure out what do you agree with? What do you disagree with? What illustrates that about you? You know, say you discover you are an introvert, which many people do. Like, what is a good example of that? Oh, right. You know, I always have to run home from a party and like soothe myself by eating a bowl of cereal because I'm so glad to be alone. Um, <laughs> so, so you kind of start collecting things that illustrate what you, what you are, if you agree. It's a really good conversation starter. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Give me yeah. one more. I love writing prompts and questionnaires. If you Google writing prompts, you are going to find a gold mine of things to talk about that reveal your personality. And you don't have to be a great writer. You don't have to consider yourself a writer. You don't have to be writing a book or even blog posts, though I assume most people are writing these things. But um, writing prompts, like just start answering them or take a questionnaire. You can look at the, I love the Proust questionnaire in Vanity Fair. They use these to interview celebrities and their answers, you know, some of the questions, they do this every month. Some of the questions are like, what is your most loathed quality in a person? And what is the quality you loathe most in yourself? And then there's some also more upbeat questions, but the answers are such great indicators of that person, person's personality, you get a really whole picture of them. So good. I like, I like that a lot. I think that gives you some really good insight. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love this. The good thing is you created a freebie for this episode. If you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash personality, you can grab it where Laura's going to get into these three different ideas more specifically and kind of lead you to where you need to go to dive into really figuring out what you're all about and how that can make its way into all you do online. So if you liked these ideas Laura had, but you want to drill down into them, amyporterfield.com forward slash personality. You can grab the freebie and you could just get it done so that you can move on and start writing some really great copy that makes people think, I've got to work with her. That's exactly the person that I want to be around. She could be my best friend. I want to hire her. So that's where we're going with all of this, right? Yes. I mean, these, just investigating these things, these questions, these tests, they open up the floodgates and you realize how many sides there are to you and how many things you have to talk about and how many things you have to share that people will connect with. 
Okay, so good. All right, so moving on, what are some tips we can use to start putting more of our personality into our business? And I know you have this cool thing, you call them the five P's, P being personality, but you've got these five P's. Will you break it down for us? Okay, so yeah, first of all, I'm a big fan of an acronym. I really wanted to make up an acronym that was personality, where each letter <laughs> stood for something. But it's such a long word; it's, it's ridiculous. And I like I got up through like perso and I gave up. So, <laughs> um, so the five P's it is. So my first P, and I think I think this one is probably the most. They're all important, but I put primacy on this one. P is for pepper. Pepper in story everywhere. Yes, um, this is yeah. story, story, story. Okay, story, talk story, to me. story. Because you know we connect with stories, and one thing that gets people tripped up is they think, oh, you know, a story is going to be too long. I don't want to get off track. But a story doesn't have to have a beginning, middle, and end. A story can just it can be a little element of story, a slice of story. You can sprinkle on just a touch. So I'll give you an example, like. Instead of just sending your list, say, three tips to simplify your website, right? That's something anyone can send and that we're not going to be that excited about if we've been subscribed to a bunch of things for a long time. Right. It, you might start with a story about, say, it might be about your first website and how very bad it was. Or you might tell a story about how much you've always hated a vegetable medley because you didn't like the mishmash look of it. And um, you were punished as a kid for not finishing your vegetable medley and how a jumbled website has the same effect on you now. It depresses you and you don't want to touch it. (laughs) Right? Right. But like my friend, um, Michelle, who she's very minimal. She is is actually in the web development business. Um, Minima Designs is her company name. Super minimal. She doesn't like getting too thick into story. And so she just puts in a little touch of it. Like she talked in one uh, recent email about this pair of Nikes that she could not bear to part with and that had been discontinued. Um, They were the perfect Nikes for perfect shoes for slipping on and off at the TSA line at the airport. And they looked cool with skirts and whatever, whatever, and they've been discontinued. And so she just cannot bear to part with them. And she, she talked about the sunk costs of those shoes. Like she would just spend time all day long looking online, looking at ebay.com um, for these same shoes. And she said like this sunk cost, like once you've spent a lot of a lot of money or time on your website, you might feel the same way, that you don't want to part with it even though it's terrible and beat up and needs replacing. So you see what I'm saying? Like instead of just launching into sunk costs of a website, she's open with something personal about shoes. So, and it's just, it was a short, brief bit of story. Yes. Um, So that was the first P, pepper and story. Two is paint a picture. That's two P's for you, using concrete details. So If you've ever taken um, any kind of creative writing course or even read a blog post on creative writing, there's this expression in writing, show, don't tell. So this means like use details to paint a picture of something rather than telling us, like rather than saying so-and-so got mad, you say so-and-so punched his fist through the wall and stormed out of the room. So that's show, don't tell. So you want to get in the habit of doing that in all your own content and copy. So for example, saying something like, I was born an ambitious, driven type. I've always been the hardworking, independent kind of person. That's telling and it shows us nothing, right? Right. Any, anybody can say that. 
However, and it has no personality. Uh, but instead, what if you said something like, I had five jobs when I was 11 years old, and one of them involved cleaning up someone's dead cat. <laughs> now, now we know what kind of person you are. Like you are a hardworking, it, already at age 11, you were willing to do what it took, cleaning up a dead cat and working four other jobs to make a buck. That shows drive. Yes, for sure. So it is all in the details. Okay. Paint a picture. Got okay. it. Three is give everything a point of view. So a huge part of your personality comes from your point of view, how you see the world. So for example, how do you show that? Supposing you, we talked about the sandwich before, the green smoothie. So I'll elaborate on that. Supposing you post a green smoothie on Instagram, which people do day in, day out. Right. So instead of just letting it sit there with like hashtag green smoothie or, you know, Sunday vibes, take the extra time to tell us what that smoothie is to you. How do you see it? So it might be, I detest green juice, but I'm trying to be healthy. Or it might be, I splurged on a fancy pants juicer and it's the best thing I ever did. Or it might be green juice is a total scam and full of sugar, but I fell for it and got addicted. So here we are. <laughs> so this, right? So you see, those are three totally different points of view. They would come from three totally different personalities. Each one shows us something about the, the personality. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And a lot of the times when we talk to, let's say, Instagram experts or really any social media experts, they always say it's all about the caption. Like the picture's got to be great, grabs their attention, but they're going to stay for the caption. They're going to resonate with the caption. But I think this is really good in terms of putting your point of view out there. And it goes back to don't be afraid to turn other people off because they're not the people you're trying to attract. Exactly. And that leads to P number four. Great which is take a position, as in take a stand. So you want to think about what do you stand for? Like what hill are you willing to die on no matter who boos you for it? Because somebody's going to if you take a stand. So what opinions of yours might be unpopular? Those are the ones you really want to put out there, even though it feels it can feel uncomfortable because that's what you'll see it. Anytime someone takes a stand on social media or in their email or, you know, anywhere, that's what engages people. That's what gets all the comments. That's what people remember. And that is what draws in the right people and repels the other people, repels the wrong ones. So you might be thinking like, oh, but I don't want to get like, I don't want to get political. That's not who I am. It's not what I like to talk about. This I'm not at all talking about getting political unless that's you. You don't. And you, this doesn't have to be about veganism or global warming or anything like that, although it can be. This can be about work. It can be about language. It can be about dating. It can even be about something as silly as cookies. Everyone loves examples. For instance, I have a post on Instagram that I put up recently that says, I empower women to stop saying I empower women. Uh. <laughs> that is my, <laughs> that is a hill I'm willing to die on. Not everyone's going to like that, but I find that to be really squishy language and, and meaningless and, every, and overused and everyone says it. So I was willing to put that out there, even though I knew a lot of people were going to be mad at me and a lot of people were going to unfollow me. I knew that other people were going to be like, hell yes. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. And that they would enjoy it. So that was a little bit of a risk. 
doesn't always have to be a huge risk. Like I, I have one friend who's stirring, like was stirring up a big debate on Facebook saying that double stuff Oreos are a worthless cookie. <laughs> you know, he was like, and it was part of his ongoing thing. It's full. His name is Saul. He has a thing called full disclosure Fridays. And this was his full disclosure Friday. It was like double stuff Oreos are terrible because the cream filling is the crap part. <laughs> and I love he, it. Was willing, he was willing to die on that hill. And like I have another friend who was, who said that like honey crisps are the only apple worth eating and people are mad at him. I, I was mad. I was like, where are my wine sap people? Like, I'm all about wine sap. Isn't it funny? It's like you just have to stand behind things, whether they're silly things like the apples or they're serious things like I don't believe in hustle. I hate the word hustle. I've said it many, many times, but I know Gary Vee is a huge fan of it and he's way more popular than I am. And so if I'm going to put a stake in the ground there, I got to be ready to defend it. But everybody else who's like, I don't want to hear one more thing about hustle, they're going to come listen and they're going to get on my side and they're going to resonate with me. So I love this idea of really putting it out there and taking a position. Yeah, exactly. And you you might lose some people. That is totally okay. Often the people who disagree with you will stick around anyway. Isn't that funny? I totally agree. Yeah. 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 All right. Drive us home with the final P. Okay. The final P is for plain, as in speak in plain human language. I talked about this before. You want to relax your language and keep it conversational. Remember I said conversational is the new professional. So just plain spoken really works well. And I know people are like, oh, but I can't. I don't know how. It doesn't come out of me that way. There are a couple of tactical things you can do. One is use the apostrophe. If you touch type, that's just your right pinky. The little right finger there touches the apostrophe. So start using your right pinky. I remember you told me this in copy. You were looking at some of my copy years ago, and I Mm -hmm. would say you are a lot. So you are going to learn this or you are meant for greatness. And you said, change that to your. Exactly. Did I say that right? It sounds weird when I say it like that. that Well, in a case like you are meant for greatness, you might want to be full out. It's like um, the play The Elephant Man. He says, I am not an animal. I am a human being. And that would be a little silly. It's like, I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. (laughs) Right. Um, But in general, yeah, people forget to use contractions. And that is how we talk. Like, on your website when you say like, you know, hello, I am so glad that you are here. Now I am going to teach you the basics of blah, blah, blah. Instead, you would say as a person, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I'm going to teach you the basics of blah, blah, blah. Right? So contractions, contractions. And then the other main one is read your stuff out loud. Especially if it's, whether, whether you're writing a script for yourself or it is on the page, read it out loud and see where you end up changing it naturally as you speak. That's an indication of where you should change it on the page. If it sounds like writing, you want to rewrite it. Got it. Perfect. Right. right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect the, sense. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. And like, you have to remember that the root word of personality is person. So I like to say that sounding like an actual person is half the battle. Yes. Knowing your personality. Uh. So good. So good. So relax your language. This is so important. This is something I learned from Laura early on, and I've carried it into current day when I'm writing my copy, and I just want to keep it conversational. I love that. 
Okay, so as you and I both know, Laura, we live in a society where it is very easy to get sucked into the comparison trap. But I love what you shared here today because it's not about comparison or trying to copy somebody else. It's all about being the best version of ourselves. So first of all, I want to thank you for being here. So a big thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And number two, I know you created a really cool freebie just for this episode. So can you tell my listeners a little bit about what you created? Yeah, sure. So we talked about on this episode about the three ways to find your personality. I'm going to give you a cheat sheet for those and go a little more into them. I might even give you four. Do it. I love it. And then (laughs) where can people find out more about you? What if they want to work with you? What if they want to check out what you've got? Oh, please come by talkingshrimp.com. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes, but it's spelled exactly how it sounds, talkingshrimp.com. And there are a bunch of, I've got freebies there, but I would love for you to get on my email list because that is where I put all my personality. Okay. And it's a great example for you and we can get to know each other. So good. I cannot wait for people to check you out. You guys are going to fall in love like I have. Again, thanks, Laura, for being here. It truly was a pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. Swear to you, Amy. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope you loved this episode as much as I have. Listen, I know that you are unique. I know that you have special attributes and characteristics and little quirks that make you special. And I hope that you let that shine in all that you do online. I'll make a commitment to let my own uniqueness shine through more and more if you do the same. Deal? Okay. Before I let you go, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. I've been doing more and more bonus episodes. And so if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you won't get notified of any bonus episodes. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast so you get notified the minute it goes live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 